All right, all right. Welcome to the underground. The place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. It's the time to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. Who am I? I'm just the voice of one calling out saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Welcome, welcome to the underground. I appreciate everybody coming out, man. We got more people coming in. Come on in, come on in. In the words of uh, Varnell from the Martin Show, did you miss me? We weren't able to do it last week because we took a, a little trip, you know, a little trip across the uh, ocean or something like that. But it was a blessing, man. And I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about that in a, in a little bit. Let me drink this water real quick. Put some water in your body if you got some water next to you. Stay hydrated. You know, this Texas weather can get hot. But wherever you at, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. And uh, Matthew chapter 3 and 1, 2, check out this verse right here. Matthew chapter 3 and 1 and 2, it says, In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean, Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, this was John the Baptist's message. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That was his message. That was John the Baptist's message. Now, Matthew chapter 4, 17 from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see, they had the same message. And that's the same message the underground coming with. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Don't need to deviate from the plan. You know, no need to deviate. No need to come up with a new message to fit a certain culture, to fit a certain people. No need to deviate from it. Let's go ahead and preach the same message John the Baptist and Jesus were preaching. The apostles were preaching. You know, that's what has power. It's power in the word of God. Not in what we can come up to, uh, come up with to reach the people. The message has already been laid out to us. We just need the boldness and power to preach it. So if you're having problems preaching this message, if you're having problems uh, portraying this message to people around you, just ask God for the boldness to do it. Ask him for the power to evangelize. When the last time have you evangelized to somebody? Share the gospel with somebody, you know? These are the things that should be on a believer's mind. These are goals, as we like to say, you know? But yeah, so we just preaching that same message, same message, man. Before we do get into the word, uh, let me say happy anniversary to my wife. Yeah, two years ago on this date in her mother's uh, living room, hey, we exchanged vows and we said, I do in front of God. That's who we got married. Uh, uh, in front of, in front of God on this precious day. In uh, Proverbs 18, 22, let me read this verse for y'all. Let me read. It says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And that's what she has always been, a good thing. 
that's what she's always been to me. And I know she's always going to be that to me. You know, you when you say talk like this, you'll have haters secretly. Y'all only been mad if the couple wait till you, the honeymoon phase. Wait, yeah, y'all only been, you know, you got to, uh, that's my good thing. I'm declaring it. Ever since I've met her, my life has been a good thing. And it says also, you obtain favor from the Lord. Ooh, talk about the favor you get, man. I'm experiencing it. I'm here to let you know it's real. Say, player, I'm here to let you know it's real. You think you're getting a good thing when you go over her house. But I'm letting you know, when you find a wife, you really find that good thing. See, you've been trying to get to that other thing. But I'm trying to let you know, find a wife and you'll find a good thing. And, and not only that, he said you'll find a good thing and he put a cherry on top. He said, and I'm going to give you some favor. <laughs> hey, that's what, hey, that's what I want all my brothers to obtain. Don't waste your life and don't get this favor from God. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to get that other flavor when you're missing out on this good favor. Man, come on, man. But yeah, that's my good thing. That's my everything. That's my sure thing. Sure like a lover. Sure like a friend. <laughs> that's my sure thing right there. So happy anniversary to her. It's our anniversary. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my Baby right there, man. Hold it down, man. She the realest to ever do it, if you ask me. And while we on that note, <clears throat> let me give another shout out to T.D. Jakes and Sarita Jakes. Their anniversary, my wife told me this, is on the same day we got married, too. So, I'm, And my wife know how much I, you know, I got so much respect and uh, love for T.D. Jakes and uh, his ministry and just how much he's... Uh, helped out my life. So when I find that, I say, wow, that's pretty cool. So I just want to give a big shout out to them. They've been married 41 years, 41 years, and they make it look so good. I just want to show honor to y'all right now. If you ever hear this, y'all make it look so good. So salute to T.D. Jakes and Sarita Jakes on a 41st anniversary, man. Let me give it a yes. Let me clap for them, man. Just want to show honor to them, man. Show good honor, man. Always been doing what they doing. Never heard no scandal about them. Never heard no negativity. You know, you got people who hate on them, but that, that's just always going to be. You may not like their ministry and all that type of stuff, but that, and that's cool. You know, you got your own opinion. But I just want to show respect. I just want to show honor to those who deserve double honor, to be honest with you. They deserve double honor. So, man, yeah, if you get a chance, go ahead and shout them out on social media. Shout them out on your Facebook, your Instagram. Give them mad love. T.D. Jakes and Sarita Jake, happy anniversary to y'all, man. All right, got that out. All right, uh, I want to talk about, uh, so me and my wife, we had went to uh, Cabo. And this is my, my first time going, her first time going. Uh, it was a very uh, great experience and everything. And I want to talk about one of the things that I enjoyed that I, I love doing besides hanging out with my wife. You feel me? But one of the things I got to do was every morning, 
uh, I'm talking about early, like two or three in the morning, I was able to get up and I walked down to the ocean, right? And see, when you're from Texas, see, our ocean, we think uh, uh, Galveston. <laughs> I'm not trying to talk, but we, we think Galveston, the ocean. We think the uh, the tidal wave at these little water parks, we think the, that's the ocean. You feel me? We be thinking stuff like that. But that ain't really no real ocean, to be honest with you. And I got to experience that. So every morning I get up around two or three, man, walk down to the ocean. And from my room, I want to, I want y'all to understand this. From my room, which was about, it was a far way, you know, to get to the ocean. You can hear the wave, y'all. I'm talking about. It was so, I mean, so loud. You can hear the waves all the way from my room. So the closer I get, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, I was scared. I was like, man, what is on? We're here. It was the power of God, y'all. So I get closer and I get closer. And every time, you know, every morning that I go, I get a little bit closer to it. Because I'm trying to tell y'all, it ain't no joke, man. When you see that ocean and them waves coming like that, hey, the fear of God is placed on you. The fear, that's when you fear God. So I'm sitting here looking at the ocean and everything, and it dawned on me. The verses God talked about. He brought to me scriptures when I was looking at these waves, when I was looking at this water, when I was looking, when I was listening to him make beats with his waves. Come on, man. I'm, I'm not playing. I, I heard God making beats, making songs with his waves. And the waves were so obedient. Yeah, the ways were so obedient. Check this out. In Proverbs 8, 29, it says, I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. I seen that. Yeah, I seen that with my own eyes. I seen these powerful waves that if they was to uh, overcome their boundaries, if they was to disrespect the boundaries God said, if they was to be disobedience to the boundaries God said, oh, it would have wiped out that whole island we was on. But I seen how obedient these waves was. I got some more verses for you because I want y'all to see how obedient these waves was. In Psalms 104.9, it says, then you set a firm boundaries for the seas so they would never again cover the earth. I seen it. I seen the boundaries that he set for the oceans and the seas. I don't know how it, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't cross it. I seen that promise come to life. I got another verse for you. In Jeremiah chapter five and verse 22, just cousin Jeremiah. He says, have you no respect for me? Why don't you tremble in my presence? Oh, come on. Let's talk about that real quick. Why, why is the people of God not trembling in his presence anymore? Do you not have no respect for him? Do you not have no respect for him? See, the presence of God will have you trembling. The presence alone. I'm always weary of people who just sit up here and tell me they have conversations with God. 
I'm weary of that because everybody who was in the presence of God according to his word, they trembled when he arrived. He had to give them the okay to say something. <laughs> he had to touch them on them shoulders and say, oh, don't fear. You feel me? That's the presence of God. That's what them waves was, man. Yeah, it wasn't the water. It was the presence of God. It was the power of God what I was hearing. And then it says, I made the sand a boundary for the sea and an everlasting burial it cannot cross. The waves, the waves, it says, may roll, but they cannot prevail. They may roar, but they cannot cross it. I seen that. Yeah, you did that, God. Yeah, you, hey, yeah, God, you, you about your word. Everything you say come true. Everything God say come true. Do y'all hear what he said? Let me read that one more time. He say, the waves may roll. I seen the waves rolling. And then he say, but they can't prevail. They ain't gonna come on you like that. And then he said, they may roar. I heard it. I heard the powerful sound of his waves. But they can't cross it. He said, I got a boundary for you. This mighty power ocean that I was seeing has limits. It has limits. So why do man, and when I say man, I mean the mankind, why do we feel like we don't have any? Why do we feel like we don't have any boundaries? Why do we feel that we can just do you? If the mighty ocean that I'm telling you, if it was to cross the boundaries for white people away, this powerful ocean has a limit what makes you think you can't have limits see the love of god is what brings restriction the love of god is what brought that restriction to them waves he say because if i don't have any restrictions for these waves it can take you out the power of this ocean was restricted to wipe out everybody on that island. It had restrictions. And I'm here to ask you, and I'm here to also proclaim to you is that you gotta start falling in love with the restrictions of God in your life. You gotta start thanking God for the restrictions he have. You've been getting frustrated. I'm talking to a heart right now. I'm talking to a heart right now. You've been getting frustrated because God has restrictions on your life right now. He's not allowing you to talk to everybody you want to talk to. He's not allowing you to text anybody you want to text. He's not allowing you to go to places you want to go to because he has restrictions on your life. And I'm here to tell you those restrictions is his love. If the ocean has restrictions, you go have some too. See, because if you allow those restrictions that God is putting up in your life, if you ignore them, they may overcome you and drown you. They may wipe your whole spiritual life out. So don't ignore the boundaries God has put in your life. No matter how you feeling, no matter how frustrating it may be. Don't ignore the restrictions. Ask God, hey, teach me how to love the boundaries you're setting in my life. 
You got boundaries. You can't be around everybody who drink. You can't be around the Henny. You can't be around a yak like that no more. You can't be around a Patron like that no more, right? You can't because God has set boundaries for your life. Welcome everybody to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I'm just a voice to one calling out saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But you got boundaries in your life. Don't ignore the boundaries. They're there to protect you and they're there to keep you safe. Thank God for them. All right, let's keep on rolling. Let's keep on moving and grooving. John 21 in verse 10. Now, this is just the appetizer. We not we haven't got to the real word yet. This is just your salad and your bread. You know, put some butter on it. God say he got to give you appetizer because some of y'all haven't ate all week. Huh? Some of y'all been starving yourself of this food. So, so just to give it to you lightly in, in, in little doses, I give you a couple of appetizers. I bring out the salad, you know, and I bring out the bread, and then I'm going to come with that meat, that real word. All right. In John chapter 21, in verse, I'm going to start off. Let me, where I'm going to start off at? So this was, uh, okay, I'm going to start off at verse four. I got a word. I got some words for somebody. So this was in Jesus when he uh, resurrected, right? He came from the grave, resurrected everybody, Mary, everybody looking for him. You know, what is that? What is that? What is that? You know what I'm saying? So they looking for him. And he he was just uh, pulling up on people. They'll be in a room and Jesus just appeared. And the only thing he'll say is peace be unto you. Can you imagine you and your partners just in a room and Jesus just pop up and you like, what? Where, where you come from? Hey, peace be unto you. That's what how, that's how he was rolling. So he was just doing it a lot of times. And so Peter and his other partners, his other disciples, they was out there fishing. Right. They was out there fishing. They got swept. So they was out there fishing. And Jesus came through again, like he always do, just popping up on the scene whenever he want to pop up. He don't uh, request nothing. He don't email nobody. He don't text nobody. Jesus just pop up in your life. Yeah, God just, he just pops up when he want to pop up. Are you ready? Let that sink in. Ask yourself that. Are you ready? You've been praying for some things. Well, when God pop up, are you ready? Because if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So in verse four, it says, at dawn, Jesus was standing on a beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? Must have had a powerful voice because he called out. Must have had to speak up, was bold about what he was saying. You know what I'm saying? Have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right hand of the boat, on the right hand side of the boat, and you will get some. Now, check out the faith of these disciples. So they did. They've been fishing all day, right? They was at this task all day. They was at this business all year. They was at this marriage all a uh, couple years. They was at their kids all couple years. They was at this ministry all couple years for a very long time. 
And then God just popped up and said, hey, try it this way. And they did. But we be so stuck in a certain way that we do things. We so stuck in a certain way that we think when God comes along in his word, try to wash you of that thinking and try to wash you of that bondage. You don't want to change. I am who I am. I'm just me. I don't do all it. That ain't me. Well, you can't be a disciple. Because when God shows up and tell you, hey, do it this way, you can't talk back to him and say, that ain't me. I don't, I don't need nobody. I don't got no friends. I don't need nobody. You got to be able to switch it up. Be able to switch it up. Let your mind be ready to be switched up. That's why your heart got to be soft. I know you're working on everything outwardly, but you need to be spending more time working on your heart, believer. So when God show up and talk to that heart or touch that heart, hey, you ready to move. It ain't going to take you five years to move. He tell you to move out that relationship. It ain't going to take you two more years to get up out that relationship. Soon as he tell you to move out that relationship and tell you, oh, this is it right here. You gone. Soon as he tell you this the last uh, week you're going to be at that job, you gone. Soon as he tell you, oh, do your ministry this way now. Oh, okay. You don't get religious with your walk. Mm. Come on, God, talk to him. You Don't get religious with your walk. Don't get stagnant with your walk with God. Because he'll show up and ask you, to. Uh, he'll tell you something, on the, throw it on the right side, okay? And you'll get some. Again, so they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there was so many fish in it. All right. Then the disciples, Jesus, the, the, then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tongue, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. Verse 8 The other stayed with the boat and pulled the load, loaded net to the shore. For they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Verse 10. I, it's so much we can do with these verses, but I got a point. But you can eat for days off these verses, man. I'm telling you, I'm, he just giving me so much download right now off these verses alone. Verse 10. Bring some of your fish you have just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went abroad and dragged the net to the shore. There were 150 large fish, and yet the net hadn't been torn. I'm I'm, I'm, I want to talk to a heart right now. I want to talk to some people right now that this season in your life, you're dragging. You're dragging in your walk. You're dragging in your prayer life. You're dragging in your worship life. You're dragging in your ministry. You're dragging the work. But I'm here to encourage you to keep pulling. See, because God has showed up in your life and he told you to put it on that side and you did it. 
and you may think that you're not doing anything because you're dragging in your walk right now. You're not running by faith. You're not walking by faith. You're dragging by faith. But I'm telling you, and I'm here to proclaim to you and encourage you, believer, keep dragging because you won't break down. <clears throat> it said the net was 153 fishes and the net then tore it all. Don't stop dragging. No, you're not walking this season. No, you're not excited this season. No, you don't have the joy that you used to have this season. But I'm here to encourage you, keep dragging that uh, walk. Keep dragging it to the shore where Jesus is at. Drag whatever uh, load that you have and drag it to him. I promise you, you won't have a nervous breakdown. You're not going to break down. It may feel like you're breaking down, but you're not. Just keep dragging. All right? Keep dragging. Let me read verse 10 again. Let me put that out in the atmosphere. Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went abroad and dragged the net to shore. I know that was a heavy load. I know that was a heavy load. I know you got a heavy load, mama. I know you have a, a heavy load stepdad. I know you have a heavy load father. I know you have a heavy load. You got that new position, didn't you? I know it's a heavy load. Yeah, who, who you think gave you that? <laughs> you prayed for that load, and now you dragging it. You prayed for that load, so now you got to drag it. Keep dragging it. Keep dragging it. You pray for that. You remember you fasted for that. You wept. You cried. You called people. You, you told the pastor. You told the bishop. Agree with me in prayer. <laughs> and you got it. You put it on the right side. And the load has came up. And it's a heavy load. And you're dragging it now. Keep dragging. Mm -hmm. That's the walk of a believer. Don't let America fool you. That's the walk of a believer. Guess who else had to drag? Jesus had to drag that cross up that hill. So you're not alone. You are not alone. I am here with you. He dragging with you. I want to encourage everybody to keep dragging whatever load that you have and thank him for it. Thank him for the load. Don't ask him to take it away from you. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Don't ask him to take it away from you. Don't do that. Thank him for it. Thank him for it. Because we don't want to. You, you ever been in a certain relationship probably? And somebody asks for something and you get it for them. And when they give it to you, when, when you give it to them, they look like they ungrateful about it. They have a lot. This ain't what I wanted. I wanted the pink one. Or I wanted the red one. These ain't the shoes I want. You ever had somebody be ungrateful? See, that's how it sounds to God when we get that load that we pray for and we start complaining about it. So be careful the way you complain about that load. Thank him for it. It's making you stronger. It's making you stronger. All right. Now we done with the app. Are y'all ready? Uh, is, is the food ready? 
Okay, yeah. Is it ready? You can bring it out now. Okay. We are ready for the main course. Now, if you was here last, well, two weeks ago, we talked about God's will. And we went into scripture and we shared through the word of God, what is God's will for us? And he made it, he made it so clear, you know, because God is not the author of confusion. He's a, he, he has things in order. He has a plan. He's not out here confused. So when we go into scripture, we are able to see, okay, this is the will of God. This is what he wants me to be doing. And when you start to align your life, not your mouth, but your lifestyle with the word of God, you'll begin to see his will develop right in front of you. It's amazing. It's like those people who do that artwork on the streets and they just able to paint while you standing there and they just start to paint and then you just sitting there. That's what the will of God is too. I mean, you just start to see it develop and you be like, oh, okay, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it now, God. He's like, yeah, that's what I wanted you to do. I gave you eyes to see. Yeah, I didn't give you eyes to confuse you. What's wrong with you? And so we 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 understood what the uh, God's will was. Now this week on the underground, we're going to talk about what's the devil will, because you know he has a will too. See, there's three wills that's always operating in this life that we're in. We have God's will. We have the devil will, and then we have man's will. See, you got a will right now. Right now, you have a will that's uh, want to operate, and it's going to come to submission to one of these, uh, to one of them, either the devils or God. But at the end, it's going to come to submission to one of them. So let us go through the word of God. And we're going to see. Now, as we read these scriptures, what I want you to do is let's look at our lives through the lens of God's word and see, is my life aligning with the devil? Wait a minute. I thought I was, but wait, I'm, I'm team devil out here. I'm team devil. Because some of us, we get confused. We may, we may trick ourselves because our life has filters on it. They have, they, we confuse a life with an IG post. We confuse a life with money. We confuse a life with a job or a relationship. But I want you to know that's not your life. That's not your life. You either with God or you with the devil, period. And we're going to find that out. No filters. I was in a, uh, we was in the airport, me and my, uh, my uh, black chocolate wife, right? And we in the airport looking like a, a snooker. Yeah. And we in the airport. And she uh now I'm not on IG or nothing like that. And, and then I'm kind of I'm I'm off with the with the new technology a little bit and with the phones and all that. And now remind you, we're at the airport, it's early in the morning. So my wife, she ashy, you know, she ashy. She we we ashy, we both ashy. We don't got no lotion on, lips crusty. We just trying to get to the airport, get home. We don't really care. We don't know these people. But she shows me, she, she's playing on her phone and she says, look, and I, I seen a filter that she put, and I'm looking at this filter like, you don't look like that? I'm like, wait a minute, this is what people be doing? I really was shocked, y'all, because I'm looking at her, you know, face to face, and she asked she right now. 
but she was able to put some type of glow. She just showing me. She got some glow and it looking out. I say, wait a minute. That's how they be doing. And that's what people do with their life, man. Your life is really ashy. Your life is really crusty. Yeah, it's really crusty. Your lips are really bleeding. You really musty in real life. But you put filters in certain places when people come around. I'm talking now. I'm already, hey, the message already started. You don't even got to wait for it. Yeah, you put the filters in certain places when people come around. And you cover up certain plate dark spots and you cover up certain modes and you cover up certain bumps and pimples and all that. So I'll be like, wait a minute, everybody facing hey, proactive ain't work that good. That clear cell ain't working like that. Somebody got some pimples out here. Everybody got a smooth face. Is that nah? Everybody don't got no smooth. Do you understand? We are sitting here putting filters. But we, when, we, when we remove the filters of Christianity, when we remove the filters of Christianese and we talking like we about that, when we remove all those filters, we really see, oh, I'm out here working for the devil. And that's what I want us to uh, find out. By the end of this message, you're going to know who you're working for. Period. I believe it because God's word is going to it, it's true. It's going to be it's going to go out and it's going to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. By the end of this message, your heart is probably going to be beating fast. <laughs> uh, all right. Number one. Isaiah chapter 14 in verse uh, 12. We'll start at verse 12. This is the one of the uh, this is the devil's will in verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the ground, O destroyer of nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will, I will ascend above the top of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. First of all, the devil will is, and we see it right here in verse 12. He's a destroyer of nations. He comes to destroy a nation or he comes to destroy a nation of people. Are you helping him with that? Ask yourself that. This message is all about you. Do you help the devil destroy the nation that you're in right now? Do you help the devil destroy a nation of people? Now, when we're talking about destroying, we're not just talking about a physical thing. Do you destroy a people with your mouth? Because your mouth is a powerful thing. Do you destroy a people with your thought life? Because your thoughts is a powerful thing. Are you helping the devil? Are you destroying men? Or do you destroy women with your actions? Do you destroy people? That's what the devil's will is. And then also when we read uh, 12 through 14, we see that it's all about 
the devil? Do you align yourself? Is it all about you? Is it all about what you feel? Is it all about what you want to do? Where you want to go? Where you want to live? How you want to raise your family? How you want to do ministry? How you want people to do this? Is it all about you? Because the devil had that same complex. The devil's will is to make it all about you. Are you helping him with that? Just a question you want to ask yourself. Let's keep on moving and grooving because we got a lot of scripture we're going to cover. See, this is the master class of Bible study. So that's why we like to come with a lot of scriptures. Just as you take, a, uh, when you go to college and you're going for your master, there's going to be a lot of reading. There's going to be a lot of studying you have to do. So when you come here to the underground, that is what we're going to do. We're going to study a lot of scriptures. Because uh, obviously we all, you know, up in age, we getting there. We should have, we, we got to get our masters now. We're not going back to, uh, we're not going to Houston Community. No, we're not doing that. We, we, we didn't done community colleges. Let's get our masters now when it comes to this walk. We can't waste no time. All right. So that's the first thing. Understand the devil's will is to destroy a nation. Now, Whatever nation you're in, I'm sure everybody is, okay, everybody here is in America. And wherever nation you're at, at uh, while you listen to the underground, I appreciate you listening to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Do you see your nation being destroyed? The devil will. He's operating his will. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. The devil's will is to blind the minds of people to the truth. So they don't understand the message of this gospel. We see that operating every day. So his will is being, he, he proclaiming his will. Question is, are you, are you helping him with that? What truth is coming out your mouth? Do you have your own truth? Do you have your own philosophies? Do you have your own message? Because if you do, you're helping the devil blind the minds of people to the truth. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four. Let's go to second Timothy. Chapter two, and we'll start at verse 25. I'm going to ask my uh, wife, uh, go ahead and put those scriptures in the chat for me. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put all these scriptures in the chat. So if y'all want to go over through the week and meditate on it and ask God to speak to you, uh, you know, if you, about it, hey, go ahead and study that, man. But she's going to put all the scriptures in the chat for you. All right. Second Timothy, starting at verse uh, chapter two and verse twenty five. 
Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Okay? Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. I'm getting to the devil's will, but right here, I want to I wanna uh dig a little deep in here. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. We don't have no time out here to be arguing with people about this. Getting into debates and arguing, want to be right. It says right here, gently, you know, be kind about it. Don't make people feel stupid. Don't have a hateful speech when you're trying to instruct people about this gospel. If you got some hate in your heart, you need to sit down for a little bit until you get love in your heart to be able to proclaim this gospel. All right? We teaching right now. A lot of people be having hate in their heart when they're trying to proclaim the good news of God. How is it going to be good news and you got hate in your heart towards people or hate in your heart towards women or hate in your heart towards men? What's going on? Or a, a, a different group of people. You got hate in your heart, but you're talking about you proclaiming the good news. Uh -uh, I'm going to need you to have several seats down until God work on that hateful heart of yours because we are here to gently instruct people. Gently, who oppose the truth, perhaps God will change those people's hearts. See, your gentleness will perhaps give them an opportunity for God to change their heart. But when you debating with people or you want to be right with people or you arguing with people, that ain't going to make people want to change their hearts. And they will learn the truth. Now, in verse 26. It says, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Do y'all see that? That's a powerful verse, man. See, the devil will is to ensnare people, to hold them captive, to hold them hostage. So they can do whatever he wants them to do. That's the devil's will. He got people out here held captive. They in prison. They not in a physical prison, maybe, but they in prison of their mind. They in prison to their own flesh. They in prison to, to their own desires, to their own insecurities. They in prison to their own emotions. To their own feelings. They can't get out of them. You know why people, you, you ever hear people, man, they need to get out their feelings. They can't. They in prison to them. They locked away in their feelings. That's what a devil wants them to be at. But question, do you do you do you do do you do that type of thing? Do you like to have people captive? You got a controlling spirit about you. Ask yourself that. You got to control. You want you try to make people do whatever you want to do. See, now we now we getting down to the nitty gritty. Now we finna get to the heart of things. Now 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 I'm putting my foot on your neck. Now I'm doing what Joshua told his uh, he, he told his people. He say, "Hey, come over here and put your your foot on these kings' neck and don't let up." See, that's what the word of God comes to do. You have a certain spirit, believer. Talk to let the let the Holy Spirit talk to you right now. You like to hold people captive, so you so they can do whatever you want them to do. 
You have a way of manipulating things and holding people captive in their mind, holding people captive in their insecurities, holding people captive in their emotions. Why? Because you want them to do whatever you want them to do. I'm here to tell you, if you operating like that in life, you are working with the devil. Yeah, you on payroll with the devil and you got you signed up for benefits, too. And you're not taking no days off, I see. That is the devil's will. Let me read that again. Let me read that powerful word again. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. Common sense is when you escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Man. It's people out here being held captive. They doing whatever the devil wants them to do. That's scary, man. I got to thank, you know what I'm saying? I got to thank God that I ain't out here doing whatever the devil wanted me. I was there for a season in my life. Yeah, I was working. I was working overtime with the devil, y'all. Yeah, I was grinding for the devil. For real, for real. But I'm glad that God, you know what I'm saying? Somebody gently came alone and instruct me. Somebody gently came alone and preached that gospel to me. Somebody gently came alone, you know, send me a couple of verses here and there. They was gently doing it. They weren't overpowering with it. You know, they weren't rude with it. You feel me? And I was allowed to escape that, man. So I praise God for that. And, and, and that's something that, hey, you may not have anything to be thankful about this season in your life, but hey, what about just being able to escape the snares of the devil? What about your mind not being ensnared to the devil anymore? What about your mind not being ensnared to that abusive relationship you was in? You escaped that. You escaped that. You should be thankful and giving God the praise. First Peter 5, 8. Hey, welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I'm just a voice of one calling out saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you're just joining us, hey, we're talking about the devil's will. We have 1 Peter 5, 8. We're going to see what else he like to do. What else is he out here doing? It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Stay alert. CNN don't have to come with us with a news alert. ESPN don't have to come with us with an alert. Score like none of that. We don't need none of that alert. God has always get, already given us what we need to be alert about. The stock market, all that, they don't need to give us no alert. That stuff shouldn't even phase us. We already been told what we need to be alert about. It says, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Look at what he, what his will is, y'all. Look at what his plan is. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Do you devour people? Do you go on a prowl looking to, for someone to devour? Do you have eyes that likes to prowl? Do you have ears that likes to prowl? Do your mouth devours people? When you talk, your mouth just devours people. If that's the case, man, you, 
you're out here helping the devil with his plan. It's time for you to switch sides. But right now, that is what the devil is out here doing, y'all. He's trying to, I mean, tear apart your life. When you get a chance, go to the Animal Channel or go to Animal Planet or look on YouTube, type in the lion hunting. Just type in that, lions hunting or lions catching prey. Look how they tear apart this prey. Look how they show their prey no mercy. See, I want y'all to know too, because I used to love, I, I love it. When a lion comes to attack you, it goes straight for your neck to try to choke you out. And it'll stay on your neck until you lose any type of power to get up or any type of breath to start breathing again. And that's what's happening to some of y'all's spiritual life. The devil got a hold of your neck. And you barely breathing when it comes to this walk with God. He got a hold of you. He got a hold of you. He's trying to devour you. But we shouldn't be out here helping them, though. That's why we got to uplift people. That's why we got to make sure that we are doing, we, we're giving to people. We're not devouring people's finances. We're not devouring people's uh, uh, self-esteem. We're not devouring people like that. We don't do that. We give life. We don't devour life. So whatever uh, place you're at in this season of life, make sure you're giving life. Okay, let's keep moving and groove with Revelations 12.9. If you're just joining thinking, man, what are you talking about? We're talking about what the devil's will is. His plan is. What he out here doing. And questions you want to ask yourself, are you going along with the plan of the devil? Revelations 12, 9. It says, this great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, the one de deceiving the whole world. The one deceiving the whole world. You see what his plan is? He's out here to deceive you. It says he's out here deceiving the whole world, y'all. See, but God chose you to not be deceived no more. You special. That's why you got to give God the glory. He said, I chose you so you won't have to be deceived no more. I'm calling you out of that deceitful lifestyle. I'm calling you out of falsehood. I'm calling you from the lie through my son, Jesus Christ. Let me say that because, you know, everybody think they can get truth through other ways. But he said in John 14, see, I'm the truth of life. No man comes to the father but by me. Right? But he's calling you out of that, that being deceived. But question you want to ask yourself, believer, are you deceiving yourself right now? Better yet, are you deceiving a lot of people right now? The way you flow. The way you talk. You know, the way you live, the way you move around, the way you move through the streets. Are you deceiving? 
Do people really know you? Are you one way and then when you go here, you're another way? I want you to know if you like that. Let's be honest. You're deceiving people. And you're just like this ancient serpent we're talking about. Are you deceiving people? Like, do you do you do you post one thing, but but you really not that? That's really not you. You gotta ask yourself that. Are you deceiving people with a lifestyle on the internet, but really offline, you not that? I want you to know you're, you're practicing and helping the devil. You're deceiving because you can reach so many people on that on that on that social media platform. You can reach the world. So if you have a lifestyle of deceiving people online, but offline you're a different person, I want you to know you are helping the devil with his will. There's no getting around it. See, we got to come hard. We got to come face to face with the truth so we can understand if we're living in a lie. The truth is here to set you free. It doesn't matter how it makes you feel. You see what I'm saying? It's here to set you free. Hey, can you imagine going uh, to a, uh, up to a prison and you, you got the keys and you go up to a, uh, a jail cell and you tell the person, hey, I got the key. I'm here to uh, let you out. But he say, but I don't feel I don't feel like you love me. I don't feel like you really want me to get out. Man, I got the key. I ain't worrying about how you feeling. Do you want to get out or not? But don't say it like that. Ask me nicely, do I want to get out of this jail? That's how people be sounding these days. What, what, say it nicer. The way you said it, 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 don't, it don't feel like you really sincere about it. I have the key. Do you want to get out or not? Somebody who really want to get out of a prison don't care about how you telling them. Matter of fact, they don't even care how they get out. Just get me out. That's how you know if people really want to be free. And, and, and let's be real. Our society really don't want to be free. I can tell you that because they, they worried about how people sound and how people look and how people, uh, the way they uh, map it out or how, uh, how the ministry look or who preaching. I don't care who preaching, it, as long as truth preaching, that's all that matter to me. What church you go to? Bishop Hill? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't care who is truth preaching. As long as truth is coming out their mouth, it don't matter. Set me free. He was boring. I ain't like the way he was talking. He ain't had no charisma by him. She was boring. Did you see what she had on? Is it truth coming out the mouth? Period. So we got to be more in love with the truth and not in more love with our feelings. LMA. Okay, let's keep on going. John 8 and 44. Hey, y'all getting fed tonight. Thank God for it. He's See, what right now what's going on in your mind and in your heart, you are getting washed with truth. 
And when you go out into this deceitful world, because we've seen it, God, uh, the devil, he's deceiving the whole world. So right now you're getting washed in truth. So when you go out into the world in your workplace, your eyes is going to be so open. You're going to be like, oh, my God. You're going to see the lie right in front of your face. It's gonna be it's gonna be so crazy, watch y'all. And some of y'all may be experiencing that now. But the more and more you let this word wash you, I know you took a physical bath, but when the last time you took a spiritual bath? I mean, let the word of God just wash your ears, wash your eyes, wash your mind, wash your heart, wash your hands, wash your feet. Because then y'all them hands and them feet been doing some things. I'm talking to some, yo, your hands and feet been going to some places. They need to be washed. Okay. John 8 and 44. Check this out what it says, y'all. This is the word of God. It says, ye are of your father, the devil. Ye, Y-E. That's, a, I'm a, I ain't going to play on no words, but hey, check out the word play. Y-E are of your father, the devil. In the lust of your father, it is your will to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and standeth not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speak a lie, he speak of his own, for he is a liar and the father thereof. Now, let's just go ahead and ask this straight. Are you a murderer? Because I know this the underground, we go underground. So I know we're talking to all type of people. Yeah, I know this word going to reach all type of people. It's going underground. It's going to go to people that really needs to hear. So I may be talking to some murderers right now. Yeah, I already know I am. I already know in the far future, I'm talking to murderers. I'm talking to people who been on, who go be on death row. Are you a murderer? You out here helping, you catching bodies? You got bodies on your name? I want you to know, oh, you working with the devil, man. You working with the devil. Now, that's physically speaking. Now, let's talk spiritually. Do you murder people with your mouth? You murder people. You murdering your wife with the way you talk to her. You murdering your husband by the way you talk to her. You murdering your kids the way you talk to them when you get angry. You murdering them. You helping the devil out with his plan. And are you a liar? Do you lie to men? Do you lie to women? Did you lie to get that job? Did you really go to that college? Huh? Did you lie on that application? Ah, man, you got to do what you got to do. Now you got to do what the, you know, you're not doing what you got to do. You're doing what the devil wants you to do. Period. What we have done in our society and why we can't see God for who he is and what he is, which is holy, H-O-L-Y, and perfect, and he doesn't like any darkness or sin, but what we do is we blur those lines. We have created our own God. And we say, well, I know God, he don't mind about that, and I can do that, and I know he, me and God are cool. No. And what that does is all we're doing is passing it down to our next generation. I want you to know that little lie 
is not of God. It says right here, check this out. He was a murderer. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When you're able to just lie about things, it's because there's no truth in you. And you're an easy employee for the devil. He's going to hire you quickly because he's like, oh, that, well, they lie a lot. So, yeah, they cool. Yeah, hire them. Yeah, you can start tomorrow. You don't even got to do a background check. <laughs> Anyways, so ask yourself that, you know, are you a murderer? Are you a liar? Something just to ask yourself. Let's keep on moving and grooving. I'm going to try to, I'm almost finished because I know some of y'all want to watch Game 7. Some of y'all watching it right now. Y'all probably uh, listening. Y'all probably got it on mute. <laughs> watching Game 7, you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to hold you. I'm almost done. Ride with me. Come on now. Ride, to, ride with me to the corner store real quick. Ride with me. All right, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, in 27, I'm going to start at verse 26. If your anger, in your anger, excuse me, y'all, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Verse 27, and do not give the devil a foothold. Hey, the devil's will, man, he out here trying to make people angry. He, he out here trying to get people wild up. He out here trying to really make people go from zero to 100 real quick. And I'm trying to tell y'all, man, just by watching First 48 in the First 48. Listen, when you get angry, do you know how that can cost your life? Like in a split second, man, I see it every day when I be young kids, man, 20, 18, some be in their teens. But because they get angry, they lose the rest of their life, man. They're going to be locked up for the rest of their life. Some people going to the grave because they angry. Some people right now, you beating on your wife because you're angry. You act like she a punching bag because you're angry. You out here letting the devil use you like a prostitute. You might as well put some heels on, dog. Put you a little short skirt on. I know they closed down Bissonette, but go ahead and go down Bissonette because you letting the devil use you anyways. Yeah, go ahead and walk that strip, dog. Y'all, we can't be out here letting the devil use us in our time of anger. And I'm telling y'all right now because this is something I struggle with to compose my anger. You got to be able to have self-control over your anger. And we can't use the excuse, I'm a hothead. That's just me. I, I get crunk. I don't know how to. Man, you got to be able to control that. You better be on your face. Yeah, you got to get on your face. You got to get on your knees. You got to fast. You got to pray. Do whatever you got to do. But because when you get angry, listen to me, you're giving the devil a foothold. And what that means is now he's able to operate. He may tell you, hey, go kill that person. We already seen he was a murderer, right? See, I know you think because you probably go to church. 
I know you think because you probably got some couple suits and you got a couple nice dresses and you in the choir or you a usher or you a deacon. I know you think you're not a murderer. See, that's that self-righteous spirit that we got to get rid of. Let me tell you, your anger can make you a murderer from zero to 100 real quick. You think these people that locked up was murderers? You think they really was like murderers growing up? No. It was just a moment in their anger. So I'm here to tell you, man, we cannot let the devil get us angry so quickly. If you get angry, hey, go outside. Walk away. Go to the bathroom stall. Put your feet up so people won't see your shoes. Because, you know, people nosy. Yeah, it's me in here. I'm in here. I'll be trying to see how I, what smell like. Yeah, You ever go to the bathroom? You you be nervous. You you try to hurry up because you don't want people to you know come in and see your shoes. Can't do that. Go do what you gotta do. You feel me? But whatever you gotta do, do not let the devil get you angry. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you somebody that get people angry? Do the way you talk make people angry? Do your presence, let's, let's just start that. Do your presence make people angry? When, when, your, when your texts come across people's screen, this, <laughs> you, you ever have somebody text you and they just, they name pop up, you just get angry? <laughs> just ask us, I hope I ain't like that to nobody. Do you make your boss angry? Yeah, do you make your boss angry because you always late? Do you make your, your, your leaders angry because you're not committed? Do you make your wife angry? Do you make your husband angry? Do you make your kids angry? Well, if you do, you're out here working for the devil. All right. Now let's go to Ephesians 6 and 11. It says right here, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil will, and he's out here planning schemes, man. Schemes and tricks. That's what he's doing right now. He's out here, he might be out here trying to plot a scheme on you right now. Probably trying to send somebody your way. Probably trying to send a, a, a business your way, a business plan or investment plan. Out here scheming. That's what he do. He he he. You may run across a YouTube video. Out here scheming. Scheming you from the truth. Somebody probably coming your DM and you probably ooh scheming. They out here working for the devil. But a question I want to ask you, believer, are you out here scheming? Do you have a spirit of trickery around you? See, because let's go ahead and get to the nitty gritty. See, do you have a a spirit of uh, operating with sugar daddies? You have a spirit around you who like to operate with sugar mamas? You You have a scheming spirit. You do, you do what you use what you got to get what you want. You have a player club uh, uh, spirit on you. That's scheming. 
you plot it. And you know how we, you know what we say about that type of stuff? Man, you got to do what you got to do. You see how we uh, lower down the standards of God? Man, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. But sometimes you just got to stand for truth and stand for what God is against. We can't be out here scheming on people, man. We can't be out here plotting on people, figuring a way to get over on people. You got to ask God to deliver you from that mindset. Can I, can I be real with you? Here's another thing, and this is another reason why we stay uh, in certain situations in our lives. You can't say you're praising God, but scheming on your taxes. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Do you see how mine is twisted? You can't say, oh, oh, God, oh, I serve God, but you got a sugar daddy paying your bills. You, you, you driving your sugar mama car. Oh, you got somebody paying your phone bill. Come on, man. I want you to know that's not, you may manipulate people with that. And that's easy to do, especially if you've been around that all your life. You know how to do that. You know what I'm saying? We all know what it is. But I'm saying if you're trying to walk with God, and being truth, man, you only playing yourself and God sees you. Everything, listen, everything is going to be a witness against you. See, because everything God created is life. Everything God created is life. They have eyes. See, the trees go testify against you. I know, see, I ain't gonna, I'm, I'm, let me keep going. The, the, oh, man, see, we, we think that these trees or the plants, if you read the scripture, it says the rocks go cry out. The rocks go testify against you. They gonna say, wait a minute, I seen you. <laughs> it has a purpose. Every little thing, see that ant you crushed on? It has a purpose. The ant can testify against you. See, you don't think God, see, God is so powerful, man. He's created everything, man. Everything has a purpose. We don't see a purpose in it, but God has a purpose for everything. Nothing. He said nothing is, is, uh, is like un, unspoken for when it comes to God. It ain't no oops with God. It ain't no, oh, I figured it out when I get there. No, 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 no. That's man's thinking. Everything has a purpose when it comes to God. He has a plan. So when we out here scheming with people, that is something I'm, I'm really telling you. I really want y'all to hear this. Get up out of that lifestyle quickly. Yeah, that's a burning building. I'm here to tell you that that's a fire building right there. That scheming and plot, man, get away from that real quick. Just, just run out of that. Don't even, I, you don't even got to pray to God and say, God, what you want? I'm here to tell you, just run. Get up out of that lifestyle quickly. 
Because you can't move forward. Uh, it's just you can't move. You're going to be in the wilderness for 40 years. Let me keep uh, moving. That was for somebody. Get out of the lifestyle. You know, especially, you know, we, we live in a uh, society of tricking. Everybody got a tricking spirit. We got to get this tricking spirit about your system. Get it about it. Look, if you got to go work at Subway for a couple of months, baby, you just got to go work at Subway. I'm sorry. If you got to go to Fiesta, you got to go to Fiesta. If you can't pay the phone bill, just, hey, I can't pay it this month. I can't. Get you a little cheap. I don't know what you got to do. But you see, this truth lifestyle, it comes with sacrifices. We want truth so easy. We want it so easy. We want to get up out of this lifestyle so easy. I'm here. It's going to be hard, y'all. To walk in truth. Why? Because the devil is scheming the whole world. If he has the whole world in a lie, why do you think it's going to be easy for us to live in truth? It's not. It is going to be the most hardest thing you have to do. But guess what? The cross was hard too. And I'm here to encourage you and let you know, hey, with Christ in you, you can do it. Even if you got to do it alone. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me keep moving the group. Uh, let me see where we at. Let me see where we at. That's Ephesians chapter two. Oh, yeah. Ephesians chapter two and verse two. Ephesians chapter two and verse one. I'm going to start at verse one, okay? As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. Yep, that was me. I was dead in my transgression and sin. But thank you, God, for delivering us. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Again, we're seeing that the devil rules this. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. His will is for you to be disobedient to the word of God. Right now, his will is for whatever I'm telling you, whatever the voice is speaking to you right now, which is the word of God. This is not my opinion at all. My opinion doesn't have no dominion over your mind or over your life. My, uh, what I'm speaking to you right now is the word of God. But his will for you is for you to be disobedient to what I'm speaking to you right now. That is his purpose. And he's going to... He's going to come with schemes. He's going to come with tricks. And he's going to come and sniff, try to sniff this word, what I just spoke to you. That's coming. I'm telling you right now, it's coming. Why? Because he has a plan. The devil has a plan. Why you don't have one? Man, I'm just going with the flow. Uh, what? This ain't no freestyle. You gotta have a. You gotta be able to uh, withstand these schemes. It's coming, especially if you're trying to get up out of his uh, his captivity. You heard, you remember when we read? It says he he tries to hold you captive. When the slaves used to try to escape from captivity, they would. Hmm. 
They came after them with everything to get them back to what they was in captive to. That's why you got to go underground. <laughs> to escape. That's why you hit at the underground because you escape in captivity. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit just gave me that, child. That 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 came from the oh, that came from the ancestors right there. Huh? Yeah, that's why we here at the underground. We escaping captivity. Shout out to Harry too, man. But I'm trying to tell y'all, he ain't trying to let y'all go. You just think, oh, I heard the word. Ooh, I feel good, man. It's it's war now. You didn't heard this word because I'm bringing it. It's straight war now. The war is fenced to get on you like never before when you come into this truth. Period. Are you a soldier or not? Are you a soldier? Oh, matter of fact, we gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, we gonna find out. We really gonna find out. You know, when you used to be in high school or in middle school and everybody, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's gonna be a fight after school. And everybody be talking in that classroom. Everybody be talking on that school bus. But hey, when you when, when it's time to get down to it, we really gonna find out if you really about that or not. Are you ready for this, man? Yeah. See, I got my brother on here, and he he enlisted. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He in the uh the navy. See, he signed up for that. Yeah, he signed up for that. So he know what may come with that. I'm here to tell you, when you signed up with Christ, hey, he let you know, hey, what's coming with that? It's a war. Last but not least. Let me see what I'm getting. I'm sorry, I'm getting over here. Acts 13 and 10. You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Would you will you never stop perverting the ways of the Lord? That's in Acts 13 10. Let me read that again. It says, you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the ways of the Lord? Number one, do you hate the things of God? Are you full of all type of trickery? Do you like perverting the things of God to fit your sinful lifestyle? That's what it means right there. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? See, we pervert the ways of God to fit our lifestyle that we're comfortable with. When we okay certain things, when we don't take care of certain things, when God is already talking to us about it, we pervert the ways of God. You're out here working with the devil. When you pervert the ways of God, you are you are in a ministry with the devil. Because when you pervert the ways of God, I want you to know you have an audience. And they're coming to your church every day. 
and you're teaching them. You say, man, I ain't teaching you. No, because you still have the gifts of God. See, you, you have a powerful ministry, whether you're on his side or on the devil's side. I want you to know you still have a powerful ministry. You still have a powerful influence. And my, this is my favorite verse right here. I, I love this verse in Acts 17.30. Acts 17.30. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. He said, in the past, God overlooked it. He said, I, I'm, hey, I'm going to give you mercy. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to let you make it. You was in your 20s. You was in your, uh, your teens. You really didn't know. You really didn't have no discipleship. People really weren't teaching you this word. But now you have my truth. You've been listening to my truth for three years, four years, five years. I'm commanding you. All people, white people, black people, Mexican people, Chinese people, Zimbabwe people, Spanish people, any kind of people, rich people, poor people, fat people, skinny people, pretty people, ugly people, all people. I don't care with uh, football players, basketball players, Hollywood, uh, uh, Oscar Award winners, Grammy Award winners. He say all people. I don't care who you is. That stuff don't impress me, God said. Your billions don't impress me. Your top 100 songs on a billboard, that don't impress God. That don't impress him. What impress him is, have you repented? That's what makes me stand up and run to you and, and cheer. Not because you sang the song, not because you uh, uh, won game seven. Who winning, by the way? Now let me just stop. But not because of that. He's commanding everybody to repent. And that's what the underground is. It's a place that we talk about repentance of God. All right. So have you repented of those things that God been talking to you about? You say it's hard. I understand. If it's hard, that means you got to dig deeper. It's not going to be easy. Walking with God is going to be the hardest thing you ever did. Let me say that again. Young people. Old people. Middle-aged people. Every voice, every ear that's listening to me right now, walking with God is going to be the hardest thing that you do in this life. But it's going to be the most rewarding. I appreciate you coming to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who was I? I'm nobody. I'm just the voice of one calling out in the wilderness of America saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I love y'all. Y'all be safe. The underground.